I'm Mr. Bradstone. I'm the chaperone. Again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, as we head into SummerSlam 2017, what do you have to us from the news desk this week, sir? Well, uh, Al Snow did the radio show and pretty much gave his reasoning, which we already knew, but he kind of said it in stone why he was released from global force wrestling and that was because of money and budget cuts so it had yeah nothing. with those uh new impact contracts where they take 10 percent of your indie bookings they need yeah. that money well budget cuts happening in, even in the wwe i mean they're cutting the original programming so it's not just limited to impact wrestling it's just the middle of the year it's time to make some budget cuts and rearranging and anthems only own this company for less than a year so they're still trying to figure things out uh scott dawson had surgery to repair a torn bicep nxt scott dawson i don't know very much about him no they're the revival they're on the main roster now oh they, they are on been the, main brought roster. To the main roster the other one got hurt and broke his jaw so Ooh. then they were on the shelf then he got well and so they were put back in the mix they were supposed to be in a triple threat here at SummerSlam in a match with uh the club and the hardys but now Dawson is hurt. Been a real rough start on the main roster for these guys, but the Revival, an old-school-style tag team, they're very reminiscent of the Andersons, how they yeah. wrestled tag team matches. Right. So that's that's who Scott Dawson is, and it's unfortunate um, because the tag division could really use them right now. As There's not a lot of tag teams. Well, that's man. why they've decided to go with the Shield reunion as the, the main, with uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins as a tag team, going yeah. after the belts when... You have all these other tag teams that you could be working with, but yeah, let's just go ahead and bring this up. So I watched that bring it to the table. Like you had talked about last week, they wanted to bring up the fact that Roman Reigns is the future and JBL said, you can like it or not. If you don't get the fuck over it. And so here's my thing. The fans don't like him. The only people that like him are little teenage girls and they're like, oh, he gets a great reaction even when he's being booed. That's because we don't want to see him. That has nothing to do with being cheered or booed. That has nothing to do with being a good heel. He's just bad. He makes Kevin Nash look like Bret Hart. I don't have some deep hatred for him. I just find him to be a very boring wrestler he all is. the way around. That's what I'm saying. I, I find him to be very boring. I find him to be very... He gets very old very, very fast. The rap on John Cena was the five moves of doom, but this guy... He's ter- he's worse. It's just Superman punches and uh, spears. That's all it is. Yeah, and that roadside kick. Yeah. Or that drive-by or whatever. Yeah. That's it. Roadblock, end-of-the-line kick. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very stubborn way of thinking for the company to push somebody that isn't getting a lot of traction. But, I mean... I mean, they're going to... With an attitude like that, well, people will choose to leave People will go to other locations. And that that's the thing is they got to... They need to start opening their eyes. They feel like they know what the people want, but they don't. You went from Hogan to, to Bret Hart. You went from Bret Hart to Shawn Michaels. You went from Shawn Michaels to Austin, so on and so forth. Okay? Roman Reigns can never hold a candle to any one of those four men or john cena for that matter yeah john cena was way more entertaining he can't can't cut promos he doesn't have a huge fan base of either it's love or hate it's a shit we gotta sit through this again so i mean it's it's just it's terrible i think it says a lot when i mean wrestlemania is going to be in new orleans again next year and we went to the one in new orleans just a few years ago yeah i'm not going if he's in the main event yeah, we I mean, basically. I wouldn't have gone last year, honestly, if I had known that he was going to be the main event. They didn't announce him as the main event. 
till the know, day before. Like it came out earlier that day, wasn't it? I'm I'm on board with you 100%. I'm just not going to see another Roman Reigns main event. I don't even I don't care if Kurt Angle comes out of retirement. I'm boycotting WrestleMania <laughs> this year. That's the that's what they're going to try and hook you in with is uh, I, I'm not doing it. Kurt Angle wrestling Triple H in the I middle have, of the car. I have now got I have now gotten your your mentality. I'm not doing it. No, I'm not going to sit through a 6-hour show to to see Roman Reigns anointed again. I mean, how many yeah. times can we crown this guy you yeah. know i mean it's just not working it's just not working for me also sitting at that table bring it to the table whatever topic of podcast came up did you see this i saw they, there's too many of them it's, okay i don't have a problem with the number of it's only good for the business to have multi a, a billion wrestling podcasts because that means people are talking about your product so yeah. i don't care who does it or what they say or how many of them are there are out there or what they do I think that's a silly, I thought it was a silly topic. I didn't watch the episode long enough to get to there, but I saw there was on Twitter, they teased that as one of the topics and I, I just don't, it I was, don't care. It was, uh, well, I mean, you, you made me, you made me go want to sit through it. So I sat through that 20 minutes of agony. Well, it was just that bearing of Enzo that they did. I and, mean. and right. Cause I wanted to see it after you told me that. And so, uh, it was just, it was miserable, man. It's bad. Oh, it is terrible. It's, it's terrible. terrible. It's so bad. Well, I just hate that the voice of the fans, Peter Rosenberg, is like also at the same, like he portrays that, but he's still a mark for the WWE. Like he's still on the take. So like, oh yeah, he's always, he never, he never stands up for like, you know, he'll bring up issues like, oh, do you think Raw should be shorter? But then he lets JBL and Corey Graves pile on him. And, and then he just he, ro- he rolls over, and then he just moves on to the next topic. Yeah, he he lays down, he gives up, and he rolls over. People that have contracts with the company aren't going to like what happened. Joey Styles was on one of their shows on Facebook. They did a Facebook Live, and he mentioned how he didn't like the product. He was fired a couple weeks later. Yeah, so they're not going to let their talent speak freely like that. So that's why the show is so bad, is because you know it's constrained to, and they can also edit it any way they want to. So. Right. Right, yeah. Have you heard about the incident this week with Magnum TA? Magnum decided he's going to take his grandkids to Disney World, the United Kingdom. You mean the Magic Kingdom? The, no. The yeah. United Kingdom. The would Magic be, Kingdom, I'm in, sorry. The, yeah. ma- the United Kingdom is the UK, the okay. England. Okay, yeah, the Magic Kingdom. All great, grand, and wonderful. Woohoo, my, kids are, my grandkids are finally going to get to go for the very first time. He gets there. He is not allowed entry into the park. And why is that? Because he has to use a Segway due to his motorcycle accident from the 80s to be able to get around. And because he is handicapped, they said he's not allowed in entry. He uh, he proceeded to lift up his pants leg and show that, you know, he that's the way he has to get around due to his handicap. It was not allowed to come with him into the park. Anyway, it's 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 a very sickening, disgusting thing. And last but certainly not least, Double H, not Triple H, Double H, Hulk Hogan celebrating his birthday this past week. Oh yeah, I saw uh, lots of people on Twitter. So like Ric Flair, congrat, you know, yeah. congratulating him, saying happy birthday to him. Yeah, we want to send we want to send the Hulkster a uh, a happy birthday. We give him. He more. was posting pictures of his pythons. Yeah, we give him a lot of shit on here. Well, at, rightfully so. We give him he a has lot. Done of, a lot of terrible things we, for the business. We give him a lot of He's, shit. But at the same time, he's uh, responsible for two of the... Well, he's partly responsible for the second boom period, but definitely responsible for the first boom period in pro wrestling. So, uh, yeah, I mean... We give him a lot of shit, but I'm going to tell you right now, down deep inside, there's still a little Hulkster. You eat your vitamins. You say your prayers. Inside the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling (laughs) history, Patrick Young, there's a tiny little boy... Who is in his holster shirt enjoying? Just waiting for the holster to show up to take right. care of business. The red, the red and yellow is running through his veins. Last, you should have that checked out. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, yeah, that sounds like a really bad problem. The boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant, celebrating his seventy fifth birthday. So oh, crazy, and still wrestles, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> seventy five years old, boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. It's like a competition between him and uh, Dory Funk to see who can wrestle into their 90s. That's true. But hey, man, Jimmy Valiant is without a doubt, I mean, one of the most entertaining wrestlers of all time. And uh, so happy birthday to the Boogie Woogie Man, Mr. Jimmy Valiant.
All right, Patrick, we're one week away from SummerSlam. We have 11 announced matches so far. Oh, that's true. So let's go over what's announced so far. Some of them are not set in stone completely, but we know pretty much where they're going. We'll start with John Cena versus Baron Corbin. Mr. Money in the Bank taking on Mr. Transformers. Mr. Uh, Rumblebee or Bumblebee uh, Transformers movie, John Cena. Or the voice of the giant elephant eating the peanuts. Right, and he's also uh, a host on the Today Show. He's got a new, he's got a new uh, animated movie coming out, too. Yeah, so this guy uh, probably going to be on vacation for a while. So how do you see this match going? Uh, Baron Corbin. I think so, too. I mean, I think... Huge upset. Well, yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah. Well, a win over Cena means something still. What I think will happen later in the night is why I think Baron Corbin will win over John Cena. Then we have Finn Balor taking on Bray Wyatt, the Demon King versus uh, the follower of Buzzards, the Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt in a... Haunted house type matchup in a regular singles match, though not a House of Horrors. But thank God it's not a House of Horrors. I'm gonna go with uh, with Balor, Tim Balor. Yeah, I don't see uh, Bray Wyatt picking up a win here. Sorry, I know it was a very shocking thing when Bray Wyatt won a pay per view match. Oh, it was against man. Seth Rollins to the with- point that I texted you. I watched it later on that night, and I texted you at like one in the morning. and was like, holy shit, Bray won. <laughs> But I think he goes right back to the losing streak. This man is is racking up the Big Show type uh, win loss record on pay per view. Yeah, yeah. He Speaking is. of the Big Show, it's the battle of the bigs. It's Big Show versus Big Cass with Enzo Amore suspended above the ring in a shark cage. Which way do you see this one go? I mean, there's no other way to go. Big Cass. Big Cass. I mean, you're not gonna give Big Show a win here. No. Then we have the SmackDown tag titles. It's the New Day taking on the Usos. Usos. I think the New Day is going to retain. I think they're going to set the uh, tag team. So the first one we split on. There we go. I think they're going to set the the record for the SmackDown titles. Really? I think that's their gimmick. That's what they're, okay. A match for no reason. Randy Orton versus Rusev. A match because we don't have anything better to do. So let's just fight each other. Orton. It's SummerSlam. Oh, wow. I'm going to take Rusev. Then we have AJ Styles taking on Kevin Owens with Shane McMahon as a special guest referee for the U.S. title. We've seen this match now three or four times between these two. Which direction does it go this time, Patrick? With Shane as the ref. They've swapped that title back and forth so much. But I'm going to go with AJ. I agree. I think... uh, That's a a hard one, but yeah. I think AJ will hold on, and Kevin Owens will have a spinoff feud with Shane for a B pay-per-view match. Oh, that'd be nice. Then we have the coveted cruiserweight title belt. Neville will take on Akira Tozawa with the Titus brand in his corner. I know you're excited about this match. I love me some Titus brand. Not. Uh, I think, hey man, Titus Brand's gonna pull it out. It's gonna, wow. they're gonna put a, they're gonna put a little bit of steam behind them. So, uh, so I'm gonna take Neville. You're gonna take Akira Tozawa. Then we have the Maharaja Jinder Mahal with the Singh brothers taking on Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE title belt. But uh, I see the Maharaja pulling it out. I think he will win the match. So we're both in agreement over that. But. I think that this is where Baron Corbin cashes in or attempts to cash in here. Oh, yeah. I really believe Baron Corbin quite possibly is walking out of SummerSlam as the WWE champion. Alexa Bliss will face either Sasha Banks or Nia Jax, depending on their Raw match tomorrow night. Where do you see this going? It was originally supposed to be Bailey who got injured, so she was pulled right. from the match. Uh, Alexa Bliss. Well, yeah, that would lead me to think that she's going to retain because, I mean... They're now having to throw something together. Yeah. The SmackDown women's title match. Naomi will take on Natalya. I already know who you're going to pick. Who am I going to pick? You're going to pick Natalya. I am, man. Because you are just such a Natalya, Mark. I am. I am. It is about time that she get her just due in the women's division. Well, you could see a Carmella Cashin, though. I would be okay with that. I would be okay with that. They could start a feud then. So. I think Naomi is going to retain, and then I think she might get cashed in on. But so, I'm picking Naomi. So you're saying quite possibly two cash-ins 
on, on the we, same night. on the same night. <sighs> See, now they don't like to do that. So yeah. it's going to be one or the other. I think the actually the women's title is probably the more likely cash in. I think Baron Tease is a cash in, but doesn't do it. Doesn't do it okay. because the Singh brothers are probably out there. And yeah, I'm with you. And finally, the big match, the only match that I'm really interested in. Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman. The stipulation, of course, if Brock loses, he has to leave the WWE. We'll see how long that lasts if he loses. Taking on Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, and Braun Strowman. All the big guys, all the big men here in the WWE Universal Championship match. Who wins? Yes. Who walks away with the Universal, the red belt? Or or who do we want win? Well, I would like to see Joe win. I was going to win. I think Lesnar would retain. Okay, no. Lesnar's losing. I'd like to see Strowman win. Okay, so you're going to take Braun Strowman. I'm going to say Lesnar to retain. Although my second choice would be Samoa Joe. Yeah, my second choice is Joe also. I don't think Roman... I think they're going to build this whole Roman and Brock Lesnar deal. It will be Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose taking on Sheamus and Cesaro for the tag belts. Now... A theory that was thrown out there is that two-thirds of the Shield win the tag belts, and then Roman Reigns wins the world title, and you have the Shield reunion at the end of the show didn't with all the that, gold. Didn't they do that, like, literally just I feel like they SummerSlam. always reun- reunite. I feel yeah. like every week is a Shield reunion. Like, last SummerSlam, did they not, were they not all part of, like, a... I think they did the triple powerbomb yeah, at some point, Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... It's what SummerSlam rolls around. We got to reunite them again. Uh, I think you might be onto something. We may could be wrong in the uh, in the in the main event. I but I do. I think Seth and uh, Mr. Ambrose Dean will Dean will win. What about you? What do you- I I agree too. I mean uh, the the story between them is that they're a dysfunctional tag team. They don't trust each other, and I think that they'll win the belts and then have the breakup angle a few months later, where Dean finally turns heel on Seth to get him back for what the shield original breakup many years ago yeah dean needs a change of character dean needs something quick and uh this is the time to do it he's going to turn into Dolph ziggler next well that'll wrap up the news desk this week sadly and now we get into my pick where i talk about sadly the news was the highlight of this show (laughs) no it starts (laughs) right now as we travel back all the way to 2011. Oh, man. And a WWE Studios special, The Chaperone, starring Paul Levesque, better known as Triple H. The game. Time to play the game. Going one-on-one with a bunch of middle schooler kids. That's right. This is from WWE Studios, who has... Uh, you know, if they want to cut their budget losses, they could just drop WWE Studios because this thing never <laughs> makes them any money. No, I really think they've they've made they've made a very few, and I mean a handful of good movies. Yeah, it's few and far between. Usually very the ones few. that are the best are the ones they have the least involvement in. Well, that's the thing was they just gave Shawn Michaels reign to run with this uh with that uh Resurrection of Gavin Stone. Yeah. Great movie. Absolutely, because they just handed in the script, said, here, you go do it, and call whatever you want. Basically, he directed no, it. No, he made it was, some money, too. And so. it was, it was yeah. So And now they've got Pure Country, Pure Heart coming oh, out. Oh, there so you go, yeah. Stay tuned for that one. We don't have any George Strait, but we'll take Willie Nelson. So, so a lot of these uh, WWE Studios films, they go direct to DVD, so I never see them. I've always been curious to know just how bad they are, and... I bought a comedy triple feature DVD, which I let you borrow, so I hope you enjoy it. I hope you watch it every single day. I will. It's a triple feature featuring Knucklehead, which I did watch. Uh, These are all on Netflix, too, by the way, so you can play along at home if you wish. Uh, It has Knucklehead. It has Bending the Rules with Edge and Jamie Kennedy, Knucklehead with the Big Show, and The Chaperone, the... The crown jewel, I would say, is the chaperone. I haven't seen Bending the Rules yet with Edge. No, but I, I actually, I'm curious to see the one with Edge. I because have seen he's actually a good actor, yes. sort of. Well, and Jimmy Kennedy, Jimmy Kennedy, Jamie Kennedy, Jamie Kennedy, sorry, is is hilarious. I think you'd be the only person to say that. In I really think. He, I, what's the uh, what's the what's that movie he did? Um, where he's like a Vanilla Ice type. Malibu's Most Wanted. Yes. 
that that shit's hilarious. So this was my pick for this week. I wanted to get away from the three hour pay per views, and so I gave you an hour and forty five minutes of film goodness. Yes, the Chaperone. It stars Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, uh, Paul Levesque, and of course Ariel Winter, star of Modern Family, whose goal lately it seems to be is to be the next Instagram model, like Kendall Jenner. She wants yes. to be like that. Also starring as Larue is Kevin Corrigan, who. You may know from Grounded for Life, he played the uncle on the show Grounded for Life, which is where I recognize him from. Yeah, okay. I never recognized him through the movie, but I couldn't figure He's out He's a where. very uh, distinctive looking man. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks sort of like a vampire. His gray hair in the film sets him apart, but he sort of looks like a vampire. He had a small part in the film The Departed, so I actually thought like at one time, this guy's acting career, oh, he's going to be, this guy, it's really taken off for this guy. Yeah. But here he is in the chaperone. The, uh, the... The teacher, what was her name? The uh, Oh, yes. You might... Yerdely Smith. Yes. You might know her better as the voice of Lisa Simpson. Yes. Yeah, so Lisa wanted Simpson. Throw, wanted to throw that out there. She does a lot of actual B-roll movies, too, that I've enjoyed throughout the years. And so, yeah. So this film and uh, Knucklehead and Bending the Rules all take place in Louisiana. And that is because after Hurricane Katrina... The state gave you a lot of tax breaks and a lot of incentives to come and film in Louisiana. So all of these films, in fact, I think they use some of the same sets and some of the same, like this charter bus is definitely used in Knucklehead. Yeah. Uh, The warehouse where the final scenes take place that I know you didn't make it through because you fell asleep. uh, It takes place in the same warehouse that's in Knucklehead as well. So they reuse a lot of, I think these were all shot at like the same time to save money too. Probably. It's like, hey, here's three scripts. Go and shoot them all at once. So here's the backstory. Ray has been in prison for seven years. Ray, who's Triple H? Ray Bradstone. Yes. Ray Bradstone has been doing time in the Lafayette County Jail. It seems to be a very minimal security prison. And there seems to be only, you know how jails are usually overcrowded in real life? In this in this prison, there's nobody around. No, Triple H none. Is, Basically the only person in jail. And so he's best friends with uh, the warden. Yeah. Uh, And so the warden and him just pal around. They're just old pals. Now, in the seven years that he's been there, apparently he's not able to get a haircut or a shave. None. They don't offer that. He had like, dude, he had. He looked like a caveman. Yeah. He had like a grizzly. He's only been there for seven years. He had like a grizzly Adams thing going, man. It was pretty rough looking. So the film opens up with Ray Bradstone, Triple H, calling into his favorite self-help show, Dr. Marjorie, who is like the Dr. Phil version on radio for self-help. And her accent goes between Southern to Australian. She can't quite determine what she wants to sound like talking to Ray. At one, one point in time, I thought she sounded British. Yeah, I was unsure of what Dr. Marjorie's nationality was. Or even if the show was based in Louisiana, it turns out it was at the end of the show or at the end of the film. Ray tells Dr. Marjorie he's going to get someone back in his life. You know, Ray, Ray, it takes time. And then another inmate starts making kissing sounds behind him. So Ray smacks him in the face with the phone. All right, next call. Well, Dr. Marjorie, I just want you to know how much you support his man. Oh, it just takes time. I know. And I really appreciate it. You have been a great, great inspiration to our listeners, Ray. And although you have come a very long way, the journey to complete healing is not quite Uh over yet. Yeah, well, I'm a changed man, Doc. And, uh, you know, now that I'm getting out, somebody very special I'm going to get back in my life. Oh, and I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will, but it it does take time. Yes. That's apparently okay to do in jail. It is, yeah. We're allowed to hit others while in prison. Right in front of the, uh, yeah. the guard. Security guard standing right there. It's all good. So now it's time for Ray to leave prison after seven years. He was the he was the getaway driver. That's all he did. Yeah, he was... He was, he was the wheel man. He was the wheel man for a bank robbery. And he took the fall, and the other guys didn't get any time. They got to stay on the outside because, like a good... Like a good neighbor, Ray doesn't snitch. So Ray didn't snitch out his buddies. No, but like a bad neighbor, State Farm was not there for him. No. So Ray's on his way out. He gives the guard a book of dinosaurs. That's important to the plot. 
Yes. That Ray knows dinosaurs. You need to, yes. That is very important. He needs to show you proof that he likes dinosaurs because when you look at Triple H, you don't think this man knows dinosaurs. That's right. So he gave us proof. He showed it to the camera, his dinosaur book. And then he gives the guard the 39 paths to self-discovery by Dr. Marjorie. He says he's been through all the paths and that, you know, he's not going to end up back here. And the guard says, huh, we'll see about that. You're going to end up right back here. All paths lead back here. And Ray's just like, nah, no, nah, it's different this time, man. Dinosaurs? Past the time. One in here special for you. Uh, 39 paths of self-discovery by Dr. Marjorie. I have walked down every one of those paths in the last seven years, Jimmy. Let me tell you something, Oprah. All roads lead right back here. Failure is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Just platitudes, brother. Easier said than done. We'll see. So it's time to let Ray out of prison. He walks to the prison yard with the guard. Triple H, Ray Ray, tells the guard, you know, what do people do when they get out of prison? And the guard says, they usually do something stupid. And Ray says, oh, well, not this time. Well, guess what, Patrick? He did something stupid. Immediately, right outside the prison gate. What's the first thing he does? He steals his best friend's car. Yes. Who came to pick him up. Which, how did this man know that he was getting out? We see no phone call. No. We see no... This guy just happened to be driving down the road, waiting outside the jail. Yeah, he got out on good behavior, apparently. You know. So, so LaRue pulls up in his Camaro, and Ray steals the car right from him. Right in front of the jail. Yeah. And he, after he just told us how he's changed his life, he's not coming not, back. Not doing anything stupid. Brother. Brother. Good luck, Ray Ray. Thanks, man. You know what? It's a whole new world for me. From now on, it's just Ray. It's plain Ray. But, uh, ask you something. What's a guy fresh out of prison usually do first? Usually something stupid. Not this time, my friend. What are you doing? You're right, LaRue. You do owe me one. Now, Ray, despite having no job, being in prison for seven years, no family that we know of yet, has an apartment to go home to. Yes. Just waiting for him. I guess it's just been way. I mean, I guess he's been paying his rent somehow all these years. Maybe, maybe the state paid it for him while he was. In fact, the only reason he went home is so we can see him get a shave and a haircut. Yes. Because Triple H was not going to walk around in that fake beard and long hair for this whole movie. He wants to shape it up. And so he shaves his beard off and cuts his hair. And he puts a picture of his wife and his daughter on the nightstand. An old picture. Apparently, this jail is in their county. But in seven years, they couldn't come and see him at all. Not and you'll one find time. out why here in just a few minutes. The next day, Ray drives his stolen car to his now ex-wife's house and sees his daughter. You shouldn't have come here. And slams the door right in his face. Yeah. And then he sees his daughter, who he got a teddy bear for. He apparently thought that the aging process didn't work in jail and that she would still be a eight-year-old girl. Yeah. So he had brought her a teddy bear, and he didn't recognize her. Now she's a preteen. Yeah. And his wife tells him, basically, uh, why don't you go fuck off? And, uh, yeah, shuts the door in his face. Sally is Ray's daughter. And she's not happy to see Dad either, and she runs inside, so Ray sadly has to leave his rose and his teddy bear on the steps. You shouldn't have come here, Ray. I told you I would. I had to. Okay, then you do me a favor. Ray, you turn around and you leave right now. I didn't want this to happen. Oh, my God. Sally? Are you who I think you are? Why, oh, you take my breath away. Mm. Seems funny now, being so grown up and all, but here. I'm sorry, but I don't know what you expected. Every journey begins with a step, Patrick. It does, yes. Next day, Redwood Junior High. 
stalker dad Ray Bradstone <laughs> just walks right into school. Nobody notices this giant pro wrestler yeah. just marching through the halls. This man who is six six four. Just walking. Muscles bulging yeah. out of his side. Tattoo. Ripped out of his mind. Just walks right into a school. Security is pretty kids. lax at Redwood Junior High. Yes. My kids will never be going there. Firecrackers randomly go off spooking Ray, who tried to get the attention of Sally, but he stumbles upon a fight with kids. And Ray, instead of turning into Triple H and pedigreeing both children and you know I, burying I, them. I wanted to see that. Instead, he breaks it up and he tells the boys, you need to find a way to channel your aggression. That's right. All warfare is based on deception, butt wipe. Yeah, and he will win who knows when to fight and when not to. You read The Art of War by Sun Tzu? Yeah, who hasn't? Listen, you guys need to find a better way to channel your aggression. I found macrame to be strangely comforting. Miss Miller, the voice of Lisa Simpson, is a teacher at the school and thanks this stranger for trespassing and breaking up the fight. <laughs> Thank goodness you were here. You're such a great man. You're such a great man. I know nothing about you, but you've done some great work. I, I got a question, though. Had he pedigreed the kids? Would the kids have no-selled it like Ultimate Warrior? Yeah, they would have gotten okay. right back up. All right. She tells this absolute stranger, who Sally does introduce as her dad, So, but otherwise is a stranger, has never been at school. Yeah, never been there. So Miss Miller tells this stranger about, hey, we've got a school trip coming up. Would you like to be a chaperone? Sally, it's so nice to finally meet your father. Yeah, me too. I've only met your lovely wife. I guess you've been busy working? Yeah, funny. I spent the last seven years in federal government. Work. Yeah, he does a lot of work for the, the federal government. Oh, I see. Mr. Redstone, do you know about our school trip? School trip? Sally, I can't believe you haven't told your dad. How come? You know, he's... He's been working a lot lately, and it's just... Well, we have a bit of a problem that I think you might be able to help with. The school trip is scheduled for next weekend, and we're short of chaperone. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to the New Orleans Museum of Art. The dinosaur exhibit is there. Dinosaurs? I love dinosaurs. Well, fantastic. It's settled then. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it is. Sure. And Miss Miller says, fine, it's settled then. No need to sign a permission slip, no deposit for your hotel room... No background check. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, did you just get out of jail? Why, Nothing. Were you arrested for a felony? Yeah, did you help rob a bank at any point? No, nothing. Sally's not happy about Ray being a chaperone, and Sally basically tells Ray to fuck off once again. That's that's kind of the, the, the theme of this movie. Yeah, is just women telling Ray to fuck off until eventually they're just like, oh, okay, we've changed our mind about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So he goes back to his apartment and LaRue brings him some money. LaRue thanks him for not ratting him out and he's getting the crew back together. Big heist coming up, Ray Ray. All you have to do is what you do best, drive. So Ray, of course, grabs LaRue and then punches a hole in his own wall in his apartment. He's not getting his deposit back. No, I'd rather hit the guy instead of hit the wall. So Ray goes back to his ex-wife's house. He just keeps annoying these women is what he's doing. He's driving them crazy. Restraining order. Yes. And he meets her new boyfriend, Dr. Etman, who I guess we're supposed to laugh at for being a successful doctor because Ray is like, oh, Marvin, <laughs> even though Marvin is a very successful doctor, has a huge house. Yes. Uh, Ray's ex-wife is a nurse, so it's probably her boss, too. Well, you see where she got her job. Well, I'm just saying, it's very <laughs> it's very weird that we're supposed to laugh at this doctor and root for the ex -wife. So are we sure that now, are we sure that she is Ray's biological Oh, that's true. Daughter. The sequel, wait for the chaperone, <laughs> too, to find out. The paternity test results haven't come back yet. Ray's ex-wife asks him, do you have a job? So naturally, cue up the montage of Ray trying to get a job. Ray can't be a mechanic. What's no. a smart car? What's a hybrid? <laughs> Losers. He can't sell organic produce. Got any meat? Meat did wonders for me. Meat. And these are brand low-fat, no-fat chocolate chip cookies, our garden vegetable burgers, and our uh, tossed organic green salads with a sprout and carrot medley. And that, of course, is our week. Any questions? Um, 
No meat? No meat. But you got fungus. Yes, indeed. We moved tons of fungus. Nice juicy steak, no? No. Cholesterol? Through the roof. Not good. I gotta tell you, buddy, man, meat's been pretty good to me. <laughs> Maybe you ought to give it a shot. <laughs> and he can't work in an office either because he's an ex-con. Meat, it's what's for dinner tonight. So Ray calls Dr. Marjorie to bitch about his situation, and then he comes to his shitty apartment, which has burnt down for no reason. Oh, they're pissed. Because they didn't hit him. He hit the wall. And I think that caused, he probably they got mad, hit so some they, old wiring. Yeah. He put people out of their homes. It wasn't just his apartment. It was the whole building. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was from that punch. That's what it is. He should be arrested again for arson. As he's watching his apartment burn down, he just chuckles. And the fireman is like, what are you laughing about? And he's like, everything I had in there was my, that was all I had. So Ray, now that he has nothing, backs up against the wall, says, you know what? I know I just going to try to turn my life around, but fuck it. I'll just do another bank heist. So he finds LaRue at the bar. He gets some cash and some info about the bank heist. And that's what's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be the getaway man again. Here we go. So we, we gave it all of two days trying to turn our life around, and we're right back to where we started. The kids are boarding a charter bus, getting ready to go all the way to New Orleans, which they're not that far from New Orleans. They're already in Louisiana, but they need a whole charter bus, and they're booking hotel rooms. When they, This could be a day trip. So I'm kind of confused about the the cost associated. I would be upset if I was a parent. I'd yeah. be like, you can go to New Orleans anytime. It's just right down the road. Yeah, I don't understand why they're having to book hotel rooms or, as you find out later, why kids have their own hotel rooms. Yeah, they have to check in themselves, too. It's very middle schoolers. Telling you, some of them wound up pregnant off this trip. This is, uh, one of them got lip injections. This is one of my biggest complaints in this movie. The bus the bus on the cover is a school bus. Yeah. This is not a school bus they are boarding. Yeah, you did not see a school bus in this movie at all. Well, you saw one, like, I saw one drive by when I rewatched it. So there is one in there, but okay. they don't use it. I guess Triple H was like, I'm not getting on no school bus. It's too I'm not big. jobbing it, a school bus. It's too big. I can't drive school bus. That so, was like redneck hillbilly Triple H. The kids are boarding a charter bus. They're going to New Orleans, despite living a couple hours away. Yeah. Now, Ray, what are the odds of this, Patrick? The bank that Ray is going to rob is directly next to the school. What? <laughs> what are the odds of that? He didn't know that going into the heist. Like That's terrible. So he pulls up in his SUV with the other bank robbers. They say, you just wait here. And then they slip on Bush administration masks to yes. go rob the bank. We have George W. Dick Cheney and Condoleezza Rice are going to... Rob the bank with LaRue and the gang as hiding underneath the uh, the Bush cabinets masks here. I did not sleep with that no, young that's intern. I know. <laughs> okay. I know. Or or what what was it that uh Watergate, what was it he said? I'm not a crook. Yeah. I'm not a crook. So Sally <sighs> Is dropped off, too. What are the odds of this? Sally gets dropped off at the same time the bank heist is occurring. I know. And so Ray has a change of heart. And Sally also notices, oh, this boy on the skateboard. Ooh, he's nice looking. And Ray has a flashback to when Sally drove his Pontiac GTO when she was a little kid and hit a garbage can. And this causes him to abandon this plan. I will not be the getaway man today. I have to win my daughter back. So he gets out of the car and he takes the keys and he throws them in the bushes. And he takes the phone that LaRue gave him and he just puts it in his pocket. He's going to keep the phone. The phone's too nice to just throw. Yeah, no. And he walks towards the bus. Might have to make a phone call. Ray decides to board the bus and is welcomed without any any question. Even though they hadn't talked to him in days about being the chaperone. They've apparently got a hotel room for him. So Sally is rightfully pissed that Ray has gotten onto this bus. This guy will just not leave her alone. All aboard the ho train. The bank heisters come back to the SUV to realize that Ray Ray is gone. And there's no keys in the SUV. No. So they make a run for it. One of the bank robbers, Dell, runs in a different direction than LaRue and Goldie. He runs right past the charter bus. And he drops his giant bag of money in the pile of bags. What are the odds of that? 
and then doesn't bother trying to get it back. No, not at all. I'm in a hurry to get away from I these got to police. Go. I got to get away from the police. They're the, coming. The clueless bus driver throws the money bag into the bus. And there you have the dilemma that will be facing us for the next hour. Dell gets smashed by a cop car, so he goes to the hospital. LaRue and Goldie carjack a woman's Sebring convertible. And then what are the odds of this? They're at a red light. They see the charter bus come by and just happen to see Ray Ray sitting in the bus. Uh Uh-oh. Ray Ray double-crossed them and took the money and got on the bus. The goons crash their car into a diaper van. It's an homage to the Back to the Future. I hate manure. So they get... I hate diapers. They get coated in diapers. Dirty diapers at that. There were it wasn't too graphic of dirty diapers because it is PG thirteen, so they couldn't show too much poo. So it was just diaper I don't know where a used diaper van. Where do those are those common? I don't know because I always thought when you're done with diapers you just throw them in the trash. <laughs> so, so I mean the kids on the bus, they are out of fucking control. They are throwing paper airplanes. Do kids still throw paper airplanes? I don't think I so. I don't know, but we did when I was in school. So Ray while the kids are going ape shit, decides to beg for Sally's forgiveness again. Guess what? Catches a spitwad right to the face. Uh-oh. Triple H says, stop the bus. What'd you say? I said stop the bus. So he stops the bus, and Mr. Bradstone goes right up to the kid, and he says, hand it over. Hand it over. And he's, hand what over? Yeah. And then the kid quotes the art of war. But it's not good enough for Ray Bradstone, and he takes the spit shooter, and then he threatens the entire school bus. I'm, I'm Mr. Bradstone, <laughs> the chaperone. He says the name of the movie. <laughs> Sally, um, I know I don't have a place in your heart right now, or your mom's, at least not yet. But I was kind of hoping that you could give me a chance to at least show you the real me. This might be my last shot at it. You say. I don't see you. I don't hear you. You're not even on the bus. Stop the bus. What? You heard me. I said stop the bus. Don't play dumb, hand it over. Look, the shot wasn't meant for you. Collateral damage is an inherent byproduct of any armed conflict. All due respect to Sun Tzu, where I come from, you find the guy that did it, you tear his heart out. I'm Mr. Bradstone. I'm the chaperone. It is too friggin' loud in here. And I've got a headache the size of the moon. Uh, Mr. Bradstone. Now I've got no intentions of traveling with a bunch of screaming misfits, so tone it way down. And don't test me, or it'll get ugly. If you understand English, raise your hands. Now shut up. He yells at the kids and says, if you test him, it'll get ugly. So shut up. So maybe a slight dig at Andrew Martin there. Lisa Simpson teacher tells Triple H that in today's politically correct world, you can't yell at children. No, you can't. Lawsuits for just yelling. Although a lot of kids just need a swift kick in the ass. That's what Triple H thinks. I agree. All the kids talk about how cool Mr. Bradstone is. There's one girl who wants the lip injections, and she thinks he's hot, which is kind of (laughs) creepy. The other chaperone wants to bang Miss Miller and ask Triple H how I could get that done. 
Triple H says, uh, just pretend to listen to her and uh, it'll all work out. Ray decides, you know what? We're on this bus. I'll go to Sally again and beg for forgiveness. They've be- only been on this bus for like 15 minutes. And this is the, like the second or third time she he's gone yes. to his daughter. Josh, the skateboard dude who reads because he's smart and he's cool at the same time. He caught right. Sally's eye. And he tells Ray, hey, I'm glad you scared the shit out of us earlier. Thanks, man. So then we cut to cops who are talking to Dell, one of the bank robbers, the one that got hit by the car in the hospital. Dell tells him the money's in the bus. LaRue then calls the school's principal. Now, if you thought security was bad at the school, the principal just immediately tells LaRue where the kids are going on their trip. What hotel they're staying at, how long they'll be there. And then just hangs up on the principal. And the principal doesn't think anything is odd about this. Goldie tells LaRue that Ray jumped Dell for the money and then escaped on the bus. So they've got the whole thing figured out. The kids arrive at their first destination in New Orleans, the first place you naturally go, the Dinosaur Museum, where Ray yells at them again. The detectives back at the hospital realize that Ray has the money. Ray decides, hey, since I read a book about dinosaurs, why don't I just go ahead and give the dinosaur tour? Because the docent that was assigned called in, so... Ray is now the tour guide of the Dinosaur Museum. Ray teaches the kids that birds were descended from dinosaurs. This is Oviraptor Phyloceratops. Anybody know what that means? Sally? Mm, no clue. It means egg snatcher. What was your name? Simon. Not only is Simon immaculately overdressed, he also happens to be correct. Oh. Oh, so they stole eggs. Kinda like dinosaur robbers. Maybe they should have returned the eggs and gone to dinosaur jail. Maybe. Except that they weren't egg robbers. They were egg protectors. Overraptors lived their whole lives devoted to defending their nests and feeding their young. Well, they sucked at that, didn't they? Since they're now extinct? First of all, you shouldn't say suck. Second of all, they did the best they could. Well, their best wasn't good enough. Okay, then. Moving on. Does anybody know what modern animal is a direct descendant of the Oviraptor? Anyone other than Simon? How about you? I see you trying to hide back there. Come on, give it a shot. I don't know. Lizards? That's a really good guess. Let me give you guys a hint, all right? Uh, They're around us everywhere, crapping on everything. Dogs? So you think that a Tyrannosaurus Rex is now being carried around in a little bag by Paris Hilton? (laughs) What about cats? Way off. Alligators? Snakes? Yep. Bears? Nine. Elephants? Incorrecto. Chickens? (laughs) Wait, we have a winner. As funny as that sounds, she's right. It's birds. It's been proven now that birds' ancestors all had fused clavicles and well-developed furcula. So you're saying birds descended from dinosaurs? Right. Then LaRue and Goldie show up to the museum, and Ray cancels the rest of the museum trip, pulls the fire alarm for some reason, just to talk to LaRue and Goldie, when he could have just said, meet me in the bathroom for a second. Hey, and did you know now that when you pull fire alarms, there's a blue ink? that it sprays on your hands that way when police it doesn't wash off when police go and investigate they know who pulled the fire alarm i didn't know that yes i want to know why he didn't get blue ink on his hands no one seemed to care about this fire. i don't think the fire department ever showed up for this fire alarm by the way the bank robber goons think ray ratted them out to the cops larue says they'll find you ray no matter what ray beats the shit out of both of these guys this thing could have been over right then and there yeah but ray is like I'll just leave you here laying down for... I mean, he could have... The movie could have ended right here. It would have been better if it ended right here. Oh, it would have been a lot better if it ended right here. Because right here is when I started going... Yeah. So Ray, after this meeting with Goldie and LaRue, decides, you know what? We need to get the fuck out of here. So he goes to the bus and he decides to just drive it himself and leaves the bus driver behind. Runs over curb. Yeah. (laughs) Ray drives the bus to the French Quarter And when he gets there, he finds the bag of money. It is in the bus. LaRue and Goldie, though, have followed him the entire way and are right there. They see him with the bag of money. They want to organize an exchange right there on Bourbon Street. But then the police show up. 
What are the odds right there at that very moment? Who would have thought? The very police that arrested Ray, one of them that arrested him seven years ago, was just happened to be assigned the same case. So there you go. So that ruins the exchange. Sally and her skateboard dude bond over some Kellen Smith music. Who Kel- I don't know who Kellen that Smith is. is a made-up artist. They okay. made up this artist. Here. I didn't know who that was. The lip injection girl max on skateboard dude, but this goes nowhere. This is never referenced again in the movie. Sally's mom calls in another useless scene and asks about the trip. Dr. Marvin turns on everything with the remote in their house so Sally's mom can't hear shit. So this scene served no purpose at all. Nothing was solved. And uh, it existed. Wasted a bunch of time for the movie to be longer. Just like this movie. LaRue goes and meets his old friend Kevin at his secret lair, which is a warehouse called Warehouse 5. Ray takes the kids to the Sheraton Hotel. These kids get to stay at a nice, pretty nice hotel. Yeah. The kids all have to register for their rooms individually, despite this being a field trip. You would think this would have been organized. Yeah. Three adults for 25 kids, basically. Kids, hotel room, unsupervised. Just, New Orleans. Just saying, middle schoolers, some of these kids are going to wind up pregnant. That's all I'm getting at. Nick, the charter bus driver, somehow finds the hotel despite being left at the Dinosaur Museum. Ray gets his bag full of money and calls LaRue. This time LaRue is like, no, I'm not coming to get the money. What an idiot. Just come and get the money. All all Paul Levesque wants to do is give you a bag full of money. And this guy is just always like, no, no, I don't want it here. So, Paul, here, if you ever want to call me and give me a bag of money, I will gladly come and meet you. I'll meet you anywhere. I don't care. Sally, for no reason, decides to ask Ray to go to lunch with her. Now she's turned the page on her father all of a sudden. LaRue says, meet me at warehouse number five in two hours. Okay. Skateboard dude Josh has to tell Ray about Sally because he knows nothing about his own daughter, so... Skateboard dude tells Triple H, oh, she likes Kellen Smith music. Take her to the record store. And that's exactly what he does. And Sally is too stupid to be like, how do you know this about me? We've never talked about this. So they go to our record store. Ray then compares his life to Frank Sinatra's somehow and actually starts singing a Frank Sinatra song, which all includes some snippets of Triple H's beautiful singing voice. Amazing. Chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra. It's a little bit before your time. Definitely. It's a little bit before my time, too, right? So I started reading up on this guy when I was inside. And uh, turns out we got a lot in common, you know? We both hit rock bottom. He was sick and he was broke, borrowing all this money from this actress chick, Ava Gardner, who was huge at the time. Wow. You're really into this guy. Well, we both turned our lives around, you know? And uh, Frank's music gave me hope. Hope like I hadn't had since uh, since you were born. Nothing's impossible. I have found for when my chin is on the ground, I pick myself up, dust myself off, start all over again. Um, sorry. Sally finally asked why Triple H went to jail, and. Ray, of course, tells her that, you look, I was doing it for the family. He was Robin Hood, basically. I just, I didn't know how to make money. I wanted to give you and your mom a good life. So I decided to rob a bank. There's lots of ways to go about it. I don't think that should have been his number one choice, though. Yeah. Sally says life was tough after Ray went to jail, but their life seemed fine when Ray got out. Her mom went and got a nursing degree. She's about to marry a doctor. Things are going well for the family. So I don't know exactly what was tough. I I missed the tough part here. Yeah. The cops find Miss Miller and tell her that Ray has been in the bank robbery business. Miss Miller seems surprised despite knowing nothing about Ray and inviting him to come on the trip without any question. Ray knows Sally has a crush on the skateboarder dude. Then he tells his daughter, walk back into the hotel. You go in there and I'm going to go give the guy the money. And what are the odds of this? Sally walks in just as the national news is showing Ray's mugshot on television as a suspect in a robbery. Then we cut to Dr. Marvin, who's at back at Sally's house about to propose to Ray's ex-wife. But Ray's ex-wife also, what are the odds of this, just happens to see his mugshot on television. And instead of picking up the phone and calling her daughter or calling Ray, 
she says to Marvin, see you later, and just leaves. When he had, he brought in a violinist, he sprinkled rose petals away. This was his big proposal. That's right. And she just ran right out of the house. So Sally scolds Ray for his involvement in the bank robbery, but then she decides to help him anyway and decides to help him get the money back to LaRue. So Sally goes to Ray's room and gets the duffel bag full of money. Then LaRue and Goldie, despite the cops being in the hotel, manage to somehow be in the hotel themselves and take Sally hostage. Yes. Which is very ridiculous. Ray shows up to warehouse number five and LaRue's friendly goons outnumber him like five to one but have no guns on them at this time for some reason. And Triple H beats five people, jobs them out clean in less than 30 seconds. With no pedigrees though. No you would pedig- think if We you, had some clotheslines. If you have a wrestler, he's got to do his finishing move in the match. I agree. I mean, in his fight scene. I agree. LaRue calls Ray and tells Ray that he took Sally hostage. Ray takes a cab to meet them and makes the cab driver drive Sally away no matter what happens. Sally, I guess, can't work a door lock to just bail out and just get right back out. Ray brought the wrong bag. He brought the bag. He mixed it up with another one that was on the bus. And so it just had stuffed animals in it. And so right then and there, LaRue and Goldie should have just shot him right in the face. I I would have checked. Before I came, just saying, you know. I think he did it on purpose, though. Maybe. Lafayette PD wants Sally to snitch on her dad, but she won't. Josh, a skateboarder, offers reassurance to Sally, and the kids are able to track Ray's iPhone because they developed an app to track phones. These kids should be at MIT, not their public middle school. No. I mean, they can track down a phone to exactly where it is. All they had was the area code. They could probably do a lot better than Verizon right now. The kids easily fool the police and all escape out of the hotel by setting off some fireworks. Sally hijacks the charter bus and drives the kids to save Ray from the bank goons. She narrowly avoids killing herself and other motorists when she runs red lights in the charter bus for no reason. There was no hurry. I want to know why she didn't get pulled over. That too. The cops didn't seem, no one seemed to notice a giant bus flying. Yeah. Being driven by a 15-year-old. Yeah. She's supposed to be 15, but she's still in middle school. Another problem I have with this movie. <laughs> the, the back tells you that she's 15, and she's in middle school. It turns into nighttime for no reason as the kids approach warehouse number five. Despite riding in the bus with Sally to the warehouse, Sally still feels the need to beg her friends for help. I mean, they've rode with you this far. I think they're in. The kids now have Bluetooth headsets somehow. To communicate their plan in the warehouse. We had him stashed away in the bus for when we needed him. Ray tells LaRue he doesn't have the money. And LaRue has apparently been holding him at gunpoint all day because they are in the same exact predicament they were in earlier. Goldie gets taken out by Mardi Gras beads. The kids do a little home alone hijinks and he slips on some Mardi Gras beads and take him out. Ray then decides, you know what, in this time of crisis, I'll call Dr. Marjorie whose producer puts him through to on-air, live. Yeah. They could have heard a murder occur on the air, possibly. And so the producer puts him right through. I'd be willing to take that chance, too. Uh, no. Ratings. Very ratings. big trouble. We don't. That's why we don't do live calls in radio anymore. They're all taped. We're on a delay. LaRue says Ray was not in on the robbery, which is a lie. If you drive me to the bank to rob the bank, you're in on it. Yes. This, well, whatever happens after too, that. Too late now. You got a change of heart. It doesn't matter. You were still, you still helped carry out a commission of a crime. Yes. But anyway, LaRue tells him, oh, you weren't in on it. So he lies for Ray. I guess he knew that the phone was on or something. Goldie gets spooked by a firework again, and LaRue is about to put a bullet in Ray's head right as the cops come in. What are the odds? Just the right How time. How did they know where to be? And bust LaRue. Ray gets arrested for the robbery of the bank, but since Dr. Marjorie broadcasted on the radio where LaRue says you weren't in on it, he gets let go. No questions, no further questions. He's free. Just like the teacher. No further questions. You're good to go. Free and clear. Sally's mom, what are the odds of this? She shows up at just the right time to Warehouse 5 and slaps Ray a few times for all of the trouble that he's caused. Sally talks her mom out of having Ray arrested for endangering the children. She threatens to send him to jail. But she just, nah, I'll let it go. 
I know you caused all this problem, but it's okay. Sally and Ray share their special handshake. Special handshake. Yes. Man, you have a special handshake. Uh, well, it's inappropriate to do that on the air. <laughs> and then we flash forward, and Ray has a new job, and he's back dating his old wife. She just took him back. Just Woo-hoo! like that. Yeah. All's well that ends well, right? Ray can't tie a tie for some reason. We're supposed to be laughing at AAA. I still don't know how to I tie a tie. Either. Ray is now an advice giver on the radio, like Dr. Marjorie. So just like his hero, LaRue calls in on his show and says he's having trouble adjusting to prison life. Ray says to sleep with your back against the wall so you don't get raped, I guess. Ray, Ray. I mean, it's just, just plain old Ray. LaRue? Uh, first time caller. I'm having a little trouble adjusting to, excuse me, I'm having a little trouble adjusting to my environment. Well, um, you know, LaRue, at this point, I think the best thing for you to remember is the three essentials. Confront it, be truthful, and sleep with your back against the wall. Fade out and that's it. There you have it. Bam. The chaperone. Whoo! A uh, a test. A, yeah. Of endurance. It was an, only an hour and forty five minutes, but it felt much longer. I would gladly sit through WrestleMania four rather than sitting through this film. Ever. Or WrestleMania twelve, for that matter. Yeah. This was this was an Iron Man match. <laughs> this was an Iron. We went zero to zero. <laughs> Just all the things that are wrong with this film. I mean. Oh, it's bad. He still broke the law by driving them to the bank. Yes. That's a crime. It's yeah. just like, I mean, I could drive you somewhere and then be like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to leave now. But if you go and do something bad, I'm still responsible. Not to mention, he tries to say, oh, I turned my life around. He steals a car as soon as he steps out of prison. <laughs> His wife takes him back, yeah. even though she hasn't visited him in seven years. All of a sudden, oh, okay, you're a good guy. You're trying to do right. I understand. His daughter takes him back after 15 minutes of just annoying her to death, annoying her into submission. Yeah. The lesson here is that you, if you just annoy someone enough, eventually they'll just cave in and love you. Works for me. Yeah, just wear them down until they're completely broken. Break oh, their spirit. That's right. It's always worked for me. So, you know. so what did you think about the 15 minutes you saw before you fell asleep? I, I got about 45 to 50 minutes Wow. In. Yeah. This was, this was rough. This was wicked. <laughs> Do you think Triple H is on the same level as of an actor as uh, like The Rock? No. So there you go. Hey, you got two more great movies on that DVD to and check we, out, and we might we might just do that. Yeah. But I'm going to save this podcast. Well, before we move on to that, it's time for our rating scale That's on true. Hornswoggle to El Gigante. I am going to give this one an Ariel Winter in 2011 when she was, I guess, 13. Build is 15, even though she was in middle school, but there you go. I'll give it a Sally. You're going to give it a, a Sally. Sally Bradstone. Sally Bradstone. All right. I'm going to give it a, give it a hornswoggle. Wow. That is uh, the low end of the scale. That's yeah. the benchmark. Yeah. That, that is a, that is a zero practically. And this- see, I th- actually thought you might've liked this film because you love, you've seen more WWE studio I have movies than I have. Than, than most. I do. I do enjoy it. It's funny. The only problem is <laughs> the only problem is uh the acting, the plot, yeah. the everything about it. It's an entertaining watch. Oh no, it's not. Till about 30 40 minutes 30, in. 30 40 seconds in and you realize <laughs> you've made a big mistake. Well, Patrick, where will we be going next week for the Retro Wrestling Podcast? All right, so I'm going to save us so we don't get thrown off the air by doing this another movie knucklehead yeah no i'm not taking us to knucklehead no i am taking us to one more time to celebrate next sunday SummerSlam. we're going to go over SummerSlam 1996 hmm so what occurs at SummerSlam 96? the very first boiler room brawl with mankind and the undertaker we also have the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels taking on none other than the Mastodon of the Rocky Mountains, Vader. Well, Jerry Lawler and Jake Roberts. Oh, a very bad feud there. That when, was that one Jer- got 
That Jerry one, Lawler doused him in booze. Yeah, yeah that, that one got time. serious. That one got real serious. Psycho Sid and the British Bulldog. Oh, more smoking guns. Thank goodness. That's right, yeah. Oh, too bad. We won't get to see the Stone Cold Steve Austin-Yokozuna match that was on the free-for-all. Uh, oh, Stone Cold won in a minute 52 over Zuna, so sorry about that. Cleveland, Ohio. So there you go. Cleveland, we're going back to Cleveland. We yeah. just did a show in Cleveland a few... Uh, weeks ago so. yeah home to the miz and uh cleveland browns Dolph ziggler yeah and ufc uh cm punk losing in the ufc that's where he lost yeah. cleveland ohio so yeah. there you have cleveland it. cleveland rocks so all right patrick well that'll do it for this week uh at retro w podcast on twitter where can they find you find me on facebook at patrick young or patrick young wrestling can't miss me great picture me Tommy Dreamer, Stevie Richards. I am always willing Stevie to Stevie take- Richards, who's uh, training a UFC fighter now. I got a press release in my email about it. So yeah. He's in the training camp of a UFC fighter. Well, there you have it. Uh, as always, I'm Intern Alex. I'm the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's clothesline. Bingo, bango. Nothing's impossible I have found For when my chin is on the ground I pick myself up, dust myself off Start all over again But...